Hiya and welcome back to the Mindful Student Podcast, a podcast sharing small steps in self-development for students by students. Today I hope to have an action-orientated conversation with you about a struggle we all face at some point. Whether it's feeling stuck, procrastinating or feeling like you're in a rut. Like everyone, I have faced these challenges at some point. Whether it was writing and getting started on a 10,000 word dissertation or handling long data reports at work. However, what has made a genuine difference to my life are the practical habits and hacks I've developed over time to help reset my dopamine levels, which is the neurotransmitter that is responsible for motivation, reward and pleasure. By doing these and adopting these habits, it's allowed me to take inspired action and be a lot more productive and happy in everyday life. So let's uncover 10 of these strategies in today's podcast. Number one, change up where you study. A change in your study environment can introduce novelty making the experience more engaging and exciting. By going into a new environment, you can stimulate the release of dopamine, contributing to an increase in motivation and focus. So if you're a student, there are many different places you could work or study. You could go to the library. There's many different spaces that you could book on campus. There's also coffee shops and cafes in town. You don't always have to be in a desk in your bedroom. If you're putting off a big task, just going into an environment where you can see other people working will motivate you to study as well. I think that was the reason why I was able to work basically every day of my final year without feeling too overwhelmed because I made a conscious effort to go outside the house. And once I made it to the library, I was just in focus or flow mode. You don't just have to study in the same place all day either. I used to go up to campus and I would study in the library for a few hours and then I would take the bus home and I would work in a different environment in town. Just changing things up keeps it more interesting and exciting. Number two is to attend every lecture if you can. Ensure that you show up to all your lectures if possible because this helps to make sure that you're not falling behind but can also help you to build rapport with your lecturers which will pay off in spades in the long run. So I went to this wellbeing conference in London last year and it was there I found out about this concept called presenteeism. Basically what was happening during that transition phase during the pandemic, if you remember all those lockdowns ago when you could work from home but you could also work in the office as well. Well, what was happening was that the people that were going into the office were being promoted whereas the people who were working from home, maybe even twice as hard, weren't. And it was basically because, according to this concept, psychologically, people think 
people that they see physically in person are working harder than those that aren't present or those that aren't in the office. But that was basically happening and the truth applies at university as well. Just make sure that you're attending lectures and the lecturers physically see you there. And also, if you're writing any assignments, before you get started on writing that assignment, a good tip is to just make sure that your lecturers approve of the assignment title before you start writing on it. Because I made this mistake during my second year and I don't want this to happen to you. Because lectures were online during the pandemic, I thought I could get away with not going to lectures and just focus on the end result, which was the assignment. And yes, this did work for some modules, but for other modules, it didn't. And I didn't get the grade, and the reason was because I had missed real key points in the lectures that the lecturer had made about the assignment that hadn't been in the assignment brief. And I hadn't actually got approval from the lecturer to write about a certain topic. So you want to work smarter, not harder. Also, just physically showing up to lectures is good for your mental health as well. Because by showing up to your lectures, you can see people on your course, you can have discussions about the work, understand how people on your course are approaching it. Definitely stay in your lane. It's not a comparison game. But sometimes just speaking to people can increase your motivation as well and up your game. Number three is a technique that I use throughout my A-levels and I recently started integrating it again into my life too. It's the Pomodoro technique. Some of you may have heard of this one before and may already use it. But in case you haven't, this is a technique where you focus on a task for 25 minutes and then give yourself a five minute break and during this break you do not go on your phone your phone is your biggest distraction just turn it off during this 25 minute pomodoro and set a timer and give your full attention to this task and the break is so important here because it plays a crucial role in memory consolidation when you step away from a task your brain has a chance to process and organise the information you've learnt or absorbed during that work session, which can enhance your long-term memory. So it's a brilliant technique if you've got an exam coming up in January and you need to remember a lot of information. And it's also good as well if you need to break through that mental barrier of starting writing or just start on that long-term goal that you've been putting off. You can complete this technique using a YouTube video, just type in Pomodoro onto your laptop and loads will come up, or just set a timer and focus on that specific task. It's great if you've been putting something off, like that side hustle you've been wanting to get started on, or that exam coming up. Getting started on a project can sometimes be the hardest part, so use the Pomodoro technique to break it down into smaller chunks and to cut through any mental resistance to getting started on progressing and achieving that goal. Number four, 
I wanted to include some of the tools that I use at university which are completely free and that I highly recommend. Number one is Notion. Notion is this free online organisation tool that I basically use to organise my life and I still use it to this day and I used it at university to organise all my lecture notes and when I was running the yoga club back at university as well because it allows you to have multiple people to join the workspace. So as a committee, we all used it. So I would definitely sign yourself up if you don't already use it and you need a way to structure your notes that you're working on. Then two other tools that I recommend to use is firstly, cite this for me. Guys, it is 2023. Thankfully, do not need to be writing out long citations anymore if you're writing assignments. I was really surprised in my final year when we had a dissertation group meeting and I mentioned the fact that I use Cite This For Me and I was the only person in about a room of six people and we were all in final year that was using a tool to do my citations. So definitely use Cite This For Me. I think there are a few other tools out there, choose one, but you don't need to be wasting your time spending long hours trying to figure out the Harvard system or whatever you use. Make your life easier and use a tool to do it. Another thing that I wanted to mention alongside this was that you can use tools like Google Scholar. Whenever you have a point in your work make sure that you are citing at the end because like I told my brother at university, university is not about how well you can write, it's about how well you can cite. There's probably loads of different tools you can use to find research papers to back up your points but my go-to was always Google Scholar. Number five, so I started doing this at the end of my first year and I carried on using it right up until the end of my degree and I'll probably continue to use it in the future if I have to ever write a big piece again. But what it is is that I used to set myself a goal to write 200 words a day for an assignment. So let's say you've got a big task like a 4,000 word assignment. It can often be difficult to get started but just by breaking that down into like 200 words a day was such a game changer for me because on really good days I would probably write double that but on other days I would write a minimum of 200 words. But what that allowed me to do was to make steady progress on assignments every day without feeling overwhelmed and you can play around with this you could say 300 words a day or 100 words a day. Choose a number that doesn't feel too overwhelming for you and just go with that. It just helps you to overcome that mental barrier of getting started because 4,000 words or 15,000 words sounds very scary but when you suddenly break it down into small manageable chunks and say to yourself it's just 200 words a day it catalyzes and snowballs into a bigger thing and suddenly you've got the task done. Number six is to create a nightly to-do list which could coincide with a sleep routine. It's really important to establish some sort of wind-down routine before you go to sleep. 
Basically, sleep acts like an emotional detox and reset every night. And it can help you to feel more productive when you wake up and more energised for the day ahead. As part of your wind down routine, you could create a to-do list for the next day. If you do any journaling, you could add this on. Just put to-do and then just maybe write two points. It doesn't have to be anything too complicated, but just write them down and make it two specific things that you plan to achieve the next day and make these action orientated. And what I mean by this is, for example, let's say you study chemistry. Don't just put study chemistry. What are you going to do? Are you going to do a past paper? Are you going to do flashcards? Make it specific. So when you see that, it's an action and it's reducing any mental resistance to getting started. Because you don't want to just turn up to the library and then spend an hour trying to figure out what it is you need to do. You've already given your day an intention before it's began. And also just building on that idea of having a sleep routine. Try to go to bed and wake up at the same time every day if you can. It's really good for your cardiac rhythm. It doesn't matter what the hours are. If you go to bed at midnight and wake up at 8am, brilliant. If it's like you go to sleep at 10pm and wake up at 6am, great. I know this can be difficult to implement at university because sometimes somebody might just knock on your door and you're suddenly going on a night out that you didn't plan for. That does happen. Life is very unpredictable But as a whole, try to have some sort of balance and find a healthy medium. Number seven is so important. Have daily rewards and leisure time. Treat yourself daily with small rewards. So my treat every day that I've already had this morning is a matcha or chai latte. I did this every day of my final year and I will continue (laughs) doing it for forevermore. It's my motivation for getting out the door. And when I was in final year, what that would do was start my day off. And I was already out the door because I had my matcha or chai latte. And then I would just go up to campus and then treat university like a nine to five. And to do this, I would bookmark the end of my day with an activity I could look forward to. So for me, because I taught yoga... On Thursdays, for example, I was like, right, I'm teaching yoga at 5pm. I'm getting up to campus in the morning and I've got between this hour and this hour to study. And I was more likely to be productive because I had something to look forward to. And if you're unsure of what you have to look forward to, just go onto your university's What's On page. Most universities have loads of free and fun activities Just try to find something new and put your name down for something that's outside of your comfort zone. And if your university doesn't have a what's on page or if you're not interested in going to activities on campus, you could use an app called Eventbrite. When I was on my placement in London, I used to find loads of free and fun activities just on Eventbrite. I went to activities like impromptu public speaking, I went on comedy nights and it was really interesting to see what was going on. So just try to figure out what's going on in your area. 
Any activity that could include a little bit of physical exercise would be absolutely amazing for your motivation levels as well. But then equally, any activity for your social health will affect your productivity and will benefit your work. You're going to feel so much more motivated and inspired because you've given yourself that time to relax, refresh and do something different. Number eight is to listen to music for tasks that are quite boring. So by listening to music, for example, music with beats or classical music, if you enjoy listening to that, can help make boring tasks so much more enjoyable. I often just put my beats on and I would listen to some nature sounds when I was doing tasks such as citations, which don't require too much focus. It's a good way to just power through those tasks that don't require too much attention and it will just make them feel a little bit more fun as well. Number nine is to set clear goals and break them down into actionable steps. You need to define your goal and then break it down into actionable steps and understand the reason why this goal is important to you to stay motivated. For example, if you're working towards an exam... Why do you want to work towards that exam? Not just because you have to. Is it because you want to achieve a certain grade? Well, that's brilliant. But how is that grade going to make you feel? And the important part here is to just really tune into that emotion of achieving that grade as though it's already happened and this can really enhance your motivation. A good practice to imagine what that feeling would be of achieving that goal is the practice of visualisation. So this doesn't have to be for something work-related. You could be working towards a goal in your physical health, like a half marathon that we spoke about in a previous episode. Or you could be working towards writing a book if you're an author. I don't know what you guys are into, but whatever it is, visualise it happening. At first, I struggled with visualisation, but a really good tool that has recently helped me is listening to an inspiring song whilst I visualise. At the moment, it's an Elvis Presley song called If I Can Dream. It just has a very inspiring and powerful tone that resonates with me. But maybe that doesn't resonate with you. Maybe you need to listen to a bit of Black Eyed Peas and I've got a feeling that it's going to be a good night. I don't know what music you guys are into or what sparks excitement in you. But whatever you're trying to visualise, just try to tune into that feeling like it's already happened. And it's going to help you to take inspired action in your everyday life to achieve that goal. I even used this a little bit with my placement before I got the job. I used to visualise what it would be like working there and how I would feel working there. And by the time I had my interview, I was already acting like somebody who had the job because I visualised it happening. So it's a really powerful practice. And to just give it a bit of a summary, define your goal, understand your reason, and just try to tap into that feeling to stay motivated. Number 10. For the final one, it's probably no surprise that I'm going to suggest trying meditation every day. Meditation has been a game changer for my productivity 
because it's helped me to cultivate a space in the morning to connect with my inner wisdom, find a bit of inner clarity and set an intention for the day ahead. Additionally, I know that especially in university, it can feel like a bit of a bubble. However, meditating whilst I was at university helped me to see the bigger picture and understand the reasons why I was working every day and attending lectures. It helped me to feel much more grounded and inspired in everyday life. Meditation also improved the quality of my thoughts over time too. For example, in lectures, instead of having unhelpful thoughts like, this is boring, I wish I could be somewhere else, my thoughts shifted to, okay, I'm going to focus on listening and finding the good in what I'm getting from this experience. I genuinely believe that in everyday life, Meditation almost upgrades the quality of your thoughts, helping you to connect more deeply with your inner wisdom. Try starting small with just five minutes of meditation each day and this can be a great way to build a consistent practice into your routine. Additionally, it's important to note that sometimes meditation can help you to realise that The most productive thing is to be unproductive for a while, allowing you to recharge and come back stronger. So thank you so much for listening today. I have been recording for over 20 minutes now, so I'm going to bring this podcast to a close. If you could take a moment to rate this podcast, it would be absolutely amazing. And I would love it if you could maybe implement one of these strategies that I've spoken about today and tag us on the Mindful Student Instagram, TikTok or message us on LinkedIn. I would love to hear about how you're getting on. In the meantime, I'm wishing you loads of health and happiness in your small step in self-development this week.